Last time on Colony Confidential. This is the whole point of doing this. You pulled your team together and then you leave because, well, you, man, I'm busy. I'm important. Not too busy to lead the people that you've hired. Anyway, training versus. Yeah, that's tough too, because as an owner leader, if you don't really know what they're trying to implement, you may get in the way of it. Absolutely. Or they're implementing it and you're looking at it going like this. Why are you guys using that information? You put the guy in front of us to, to teach us it. So we're, we're using it. They're like, don't do that. Just do this. Then don't spend the money because it's expensive. If you have somebody that's a high level consultant come in and you know what we do, it costs some serious dollars to do stuff like that. But people can have attorneys and consultants and all kinds of things come in. They spend a lot of money trying to get the people to act right then implement it and, and do it as part of your natural strategy to develop your people. So what do great leaders do? They've walked a path that someone else hasn't walked. And then because of that, they now can share that path. So you can get from point A to point B more quickly without falling into an obstacle, while, without falling off a cliff, without going and getting lost. So that's one of the greatest opportunities for us as leaders. We are the pathfinders for others. The great part about that is the more we learn, the more we're able to then turn around and teach the people that are about to walk that path. That's why humility is so important. So when you hear the word humility, by the way, that's humus. Humus, that's the word, that's the root of it, which means enriched soil, which means it accepts a seed. So every time we learn something new and we're not so arrogant as not to be able to accept it, we're coachable, teachable, we're great learners, we then have a new path a new seed that we can share with somebody else that we've learned from. That's one of the greatest things about being a leader. I think the higher you get up in leadership, the more you have the opportunity to share those paths. So you should be a blessing. You shouldn't be so unapproachable. You have more paths. You've learned more. Now, when you see leaders that are super arrogant, it's because they don't listen anymore. The, the seed that tries to fall on their soil is hard. So no, we've done that before. No, I've been here for 15 years. No, I'm the boss. No. And so you miss all the opportunities to learn new things. Questions or thoughts? What I'm trying to do is think about when I was, as I like to say, king of the whatever, and things I didn't <laughs> do or things I, I never thought of. And that, that's what I'm processing in my head right now. And I see what I've had to adjust to is you always remember all those mistakes. And then I had to say to myself, yeah, you made some really good decisions too. Absolutely. So it's sort of, hopefully it balanced out more in the good decisions, but anyway, I know it did, but I'm, I'm going back 20 something years now thinking a good thing when you get me thinking, it could be troublesome That's on your part too. <laughs> That's what this type of, um, information does. When people think overall about why do you have someone that's able to help you or think differently about things, or just stay for a second and have your people refocused on the right things compared to the wrong things, and then show them how their, their minds work. It's permanent. I'm powerless. It's pervasive. Or I do have the opportunity to say, just like a lot of people that have succeeded, all right, it's temporary. Nothing lasts forever. It's isolated. And then with effort, I could do something. I could take a step forward. I could make some type of difference. But more importantly, I've got to decide who I am before I take that step. If I decide that who I am is somebody 
that's really brutal, then I'm about to take some steps in the reaction, fear, anger. I'm going to create more fear and anger than I create hope and faith and the ability to move my team forward. Hopefully everybody has that aha moment. I think I used to be a PPP person before PPP meant the stimulus. And, And I think after a while, that whole thing, this too shall pass. And it does as an entrepreneur leader, you get used to things happening and you understand, okay, we're going to maneuver. We're going to get through it. The whole resilience piece. Yeah. Yeah. The, and that's really the, we're so close. So the F is focused. The A is attitude. You get to choose that. The S is self-worth. And if you think about self-worth, what most people don't understand is that you take you with you wherever you go. So I'll, I'll try to keep it as simple as possible. You take you with you wherever you go. So, well, we're going to change this environment. Okay. So move me from mom, dad, don't you talk to me that way. You go to your room. Okay. The one thing that you just did was you sent that human being to their room. So they took themselves wherever they go. You can have a bad attitude in Houston, or you can have a bad attitude in New York. It doesn't matter. You take you wherever you go. So what most people never take into account is that the self-image in particular it's the governor of everything. The easiest way to say it is you cannot perform consistently in a manner which is inconsistent with the way you see yourself. You cannot consistently perform in a manner that is inconsistent with the way you see yourself. We set up a standard or a belief about who we are and what we think we can do and what we think we can handle. And then we'll perform at about that level. And then that's it. So the self-image in particular, how you see yourself, Zig Ziglar would say it this way. The most important image you'll ever hold is the image you hold of yourself. The second thing, the most important conversation you'll ever have is the conversation you have with yourself. And so that image that you hold of yourself regulates or governs everything else. I've had the right beliefs. I've had them. I know to not eat certain things. But my, when I go check my self-image, my self-image says, yeah, I know, but it tastes good. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> hey, listen, I know you've tried to lose weight a bunch of times to get in shape, but You also quit about every other month trying to do that business. And so my image doesn't match my beliefs. The image is the part that's the most important, not the belief. And that's the part most people miss. And in business, we spend a lot of time trying to change environment. We try to change capabilities. We try to change behaviors. And we don't work on beliefs. And we don't very often work on identity. And that's this level that I'm talking about on self-image. When my students, when that young lady said, I'm not, my life isn't worth anything. I I hate myself. She was still able to do science. She was able to walk, talk, do all kinds of stuff. But because of her image that she held of herself, she saw herself as completely worthless. And what do we do with things that we think are worthless? We throw them away. She was real close to throwing her life away because she saw herself as something that was worthless. So that's why I spend so much time trying to remind people that, no, you are priceless. There's only one of you. Now, if I had a baseball that was only five of them in the world, that might be worth $50,000, $100,000. If I was holding a Stradivarius, a violin that's worth a million dollars, how would you hold it? How would you take care of it? You'd hold it differently. And I'm telling people all the time, for goodness sakes, out of all of history, there's only one of you. Nobody in the past like you. Nobody in the present like you, no one in the future. That sounds like that's a one in a million. Nope. That's a one in none. There'll never be anyone like you or I ever. And yet we try to copy one another. We try to compare ourselves with one another. 
And that's where we get our biggest problems. So this idea of self-image and self-worth, focus, attitude, self-worth, I spend a lot of time trying to remind people that if you believe you are worth something, guess what you'll do? You'll give it away. If you believe you aren't worth something, guess what you'll do? You'll throw it away. And I want to remind you that you have worth, you have strengths, these gifts that, that you've been given. And the greatest thing about a gift is to give it to somebody. We all have these things. If you hire your people with that thought process, I'm hiring them with all these gifts and strengths. If you use the personality assessment or predictive index or whatever assessment you use and you find out what their strengths are, then let them give those strengths away. Give them an opportunity to do what they are best at because that's the gift that they have. And then remember what I said at the beginning? No, what we end up doing is we try to fix them and give them our gifts. They're not their gifts. So I can't make my wife me. I can't give her my gift. Now, I, she can adapt and adjust to a certain degree, but that is not the natural gift that she gives to this world. I should utilize her gift and she should utilize mine. The conflict comes when we try to change one another so that we can be the other person. That's not how we're built. So anyway, self-image, one of the most important things that I teach all the time. I will tell you something a little more personal and why I love the personality information so much is that my dad and I are complete opposites. Now, man, there's so much stuff that my dad would do moments when he said, son, you're not better than anybody. You're not worse than anybody, but you are somebody. And I want you to always make a difference. He literally, this is who my father was. Every time there was something that could go wrong, he always pointed me back to my self-worth. You see the power of the self-image? You start to decide who you are, what you do, and what kind of path you're creating for a human being. You have an opportunity as a leader to create a path that is so unbelievable, even though it's hard. That leader keeps putting you down a path and reminding you, you're not average. Okay, back to the personality stuff. Now I'm 18. I've been working with my dad from 13 to 18. We had a landscaping company. And although he was incredibly encouraging from five years old, my whole life up until I started working with him, all of a sudden you start working with somebody and it goes sideways pretty quick because my personality is what we would call more of an outgoing personality. And his personality is more of a critical thinker, cautious, do it the right way. I'll teach you the four personalities really fast and we'll wrap it all up with this. So there's four, four styles that we teach. The D personality, they want to get the job done. So that's the D personality. They're always looking to get things done. They're fast paced, task oriented, moving forward. The I personality, they like to have fun. All right. So the first one is the D's. They want to get the job done. The I's want to have some fun. All right. The next personality is the S. The S personality wants you to be nice. Be nice. Oh my God, please be nice. And then the C's want you to be precise. So they're being precise. Don't rush it. They got to be precise. Just hold on. It's going to take a second. By about this time, the D's are like, come on, just get the job done. And the I's are like, this isn't any fun anymore. What are we doing here? This is stupid. And the S's are like, wait a minute. He's just trying to show you. They're trying to be precise. He's trying to prove a point here. Why do I do that? Just be nice. And then C's. Yeah, I'm not going to be rushed. <laughs> so my dad is a precise and I'm more of a fun. Okay. So we're opposites. Now we're working together. Everything I did was wrong. Everything I said, everything how I did it. I, I couldn't get a thing. I would mow something because you missed that spot. I would pull weeds for three hours. You missed that weed. It's behind the air conditioned unit. They're going to look. It, it didn't matter. Whatever I did, you're 15 years old. I'm like, for God's sake, I don't even want to be doing this with you. And every time I do this, all you do is criticize me. Now, 
here's where it gets important for size. When he spoke to me like that, and he said, you missed that, or you did that, or you didn't do that. Our name means something, son. And when we put our name on the side of a, our, our car or truck, then that says something about the quality of our work. Every time he spoke to me, here's what it sounded like. I hate you. I can't stand you. I'll never be proud of you. You'll never live up to the standard in which I set for you. Now, here's a father that I've loved my whole life until I started working for him. And his natural style kicks in. And the next thing you know, I felt more worthless around him than I ever had in my whole life. But I've told you all this time up to that, my dad has encouraged me, inspired me, helped me be a great athlete, do all these things to overcome adversity, taught me how to think. But as soon as we started working and work was on the line and his quality and his reputation was on the line, his natural style kicked in and he would want everything to be exactly right. I just wanted someone to like me. I just wanted him to like me. And it sounded like he hated me. Now you can imagine that well, I try to use these terms. At first, I'll just try to tolerate you. All right, since you're my dad, I'm going to tolerate you and I'm not going to be disrespectful. Then the next thing is I'll try to avoid you. Okay, now that we're not working together, I'm not going to, I don't want to be around you. I'll just, let me go hang out or do something. I just don't want to be around you. The last part is if you create enough misunderstanding and devalue the person enough, it goes from tolerate to avoid to eliminate. Now I don't even want to be here. And then somewhere in between there, you're, if it's in the work environment, they're going to sabotage your company. They're going to sabotage that leader. They're going to talk bad about them. They're going to put your stuff on glass door. Well, I tolerated my father for as long as I could. I avoided him as often as I could if we weren't working. And then at 18, I told him, don't talk to me again. So I eliminated him out of my life because I wasn't going to be told again that I wasn't doing something right. I, and the whole point was I just wanted him to be proud of me. I wasn't even mad at him, really. I was just mad that he couldn't ever quite understand me. Does this make sense at all? It yeah. makes way too much sense. Sounds very familiar, Pete. The story ends out good. I leave at 18. I don't talk to him for the next couple of years. I put myself through school. I wasn't going to be a burden on anyone. All the other things. My dad drove to Austin one night in the middle of the week because he knew that I was struggling with something. And we hadn't talked in a couple of years. So he took a big chance of driving down there. So he spent three hours driving, three hours back. And we met. And that was the night he told me, even though I'd screwed up my life pretty good at that moment. By the way, I think that's why God put me in this position. I truly understood what it was like to question my self-image because the one person I wanted to love me the most seemed to hate me the most. Now it was my mis misperception, but ultimately that caused me to do a lot of dumb stuff. When you don't have a standard, you tend to just go all over the place. And my dad was my standard. Like I wanted to make him proud. So then when I didn't care if he was proud of me or not, I did a lot of dumb stuff. And so in the end, when he came that night in the middle of nowhere, when I'd really pretty much screwed up my life as good as I could, <laughs> he, he said, don't say anything. Let me say something before you say a word. In that moment, he said, I just want to tell you, I'm more proud of you than in any moment of your life. And I was like, whoa, hold on. And we talked that night until almost one or two in the morning. And here's old school people. If you're listening to this, this is old school. My dad drove all the way there, met me at about nine o'clock at night. We spoke until one in the morning. He drove all the way back home, which is three hours the other way. And then like he did every day, got up and went to work at five o'clock in the morning because that's the type of you know person my dad was. But that was the turning point in our relationship. I, I thought I couldn't understand him still, but I didn't ever think again that he didn't care for me because no one would do all that and come that far and then meet me there without. So, but then we learned the personality information and it changed our relationship. 
because we went and got trained in it at the same time we saw this guy speaking from a stage and i'm like oh my gosh this information's so good how do i not know this how do i not understand people you know i'm 25 years old and i don't understand my dad my mom my wife who's sitting next to me i don't understand anything man i took this information and ran with it so i've created certifications trainings development, everything I possibly could over the last 25 years to help people regain those relationships because it meant that much to me. So questions about the personality stuff. What was the T in fast? Uh, the T is tendencies. So tendencies, that's what we're talking about. You have a D tendency, done tendency, fun tendency, nice tendency, precise tendency. So focus, attitude, self-worth. Now also sometimes use the word time because we don't have unlimited time here. We, we have to start making decisions about how, what we focus on, what our attitude is, um, how we see ourselves, and the time is now. And then how do we use our time wisely with people? We use our tendencies, the last T. I double up on the T. The tendencies are these four personality traits that allows us to interact more effectively. So the whole self-image piece. So you believe with using someone's assessment or something like that, that you can help build their self-image, right? You have to decide ultimately um, how you see yourself. My dad did a good job of sharing with me an opportunity to see myself right. Then the, uh, the ultimate decision is up to you. You can have someone telling you every day that you're okay and you're great, but ultimately the last step is you've got to decide for yourself how you see yourself. And the great thing about, this is the, just the research behind the psychology, is that the way your self-image is developed, it's an image, it's created. It can be created negatively or can be created positively. And you can decide ultimately how, how this comes out. I've worked with people and have seen people that have decided in eight and nine years old, a teacher has now defined your identity and image at third grade and told you that you're not good at math, you're not good at English, and you're not good at science, you're not a very good student. And then somehow that person's bought into it, and then they keep that for the rest of their life. You don't lose your worth because of what someone says. You lose the worth because you believe it's true. Then congratulations. You will never consistently perform in a manner which is inconsistent with the way you see yourself. And then here's the, another big term I use all the time. Others can stop you temporarily, but only you can stop you permanently. That teacher, that person, that leader, they can stop you temporarily. But when you believe it and you put it into your image as true, you've just stopped yourself permanently. Can I influence and impact the self-image by how I treat people and what I say? Absolutely. But ultimately, the indecision is for you to decide how you see yourself and what you believe to be true. And that's why I always tell everybody, you get to decide your I am. Nobody gets to take that from you. If you wanna be, be compassionate, you wanna be, be patient, you wanna handle adversity with grit and determination, you get to decide. I can't decide that for you. I can tell you about what it looks like. I can show you that Tom Monahan did it. And then you have to say to yourself, what's that guy got that I don't got? Why does that person get to be successful and I don't? No one says that. You have the, the liberty and the freedom to choose whatever you're going to do, good or bad, and then vice versa, the liberty or the freedom to choose how you see yourself, good or bad. You cannot consistently perform in a manner which is inconsistent with the way you see yourself. When you see yourself the wrong way, you limit yourself. But here's the best thing. Remember what it is? It's an image. It's a created thing that you believe to be true. So that also means that you have the opportunity to change that image. How do you do that? 
you slowly practice and see yourself in a different way. What you just said uh, earlier, I used to really see myself as someone that had to be in control of everything. I saw myself that way. And now my sister's over there going, wait a minute, you're going to let somebody else interact with me and manage me? Why aren't you doing it? Because I've learned to trust. I see myself now as someone that trusts the people that I put in charge compared to someone that distrusts everyone. And then I have to manage everything. I have to know every detail of everything. No, that's incredible because you are able to change something about yourself. You see yourself differently. You see that role a little differently. And so now as a greater leader, you've now empowered a lot of people instead of press them down because you'll become the absolute stopgap of everything when you don't lead that way. If everything has to go through one point, y'all know this just in basic physics, that point will clog up. You, there's only so much you can do as a leader that you know, I have 15 people working for me and every person has to come to me before I make a final decision. Guess what? You've got a, you got a problem. You got a construction problem. You got a, you got a hose problem. You got all kinds of problems right there because you can't think for 15 people all the time. You're going to run out of time. So, so anyway. the first piece is understanding and identifying your own self-image, I would imagine. Perfect. Tips, tricks to if you identify something that you want to change. I know you said take it slowly, but any tips or tricks on how to? Yeah, there's a lot of them. There's a part of your brain. Uh, it's called the reticular activating system. The simplest way to remember this little part of your brain, it, it looks for things you value. So if you learn a, a new word, all of a sudden you hear it. If you are, are about to buy a new car, all of a sudden you see it everywhere, right? There's, this, there, there's just part of the brain that when you say, I value that, it starts looking for it. That's why setting goals and saying this goal or this strategy or this mission is important and you put it out in front of people, it allows you to say that's valuable. And the more you focus on it and the more you concentrate on it, the more you tend to go towards that goal. And remember good and bad. You get so focused on it, you miss everything else. But at the same time, when you value something, see that, see, this is what's so cool about the personality stuff. I get so focused on what I value in people done, get it done, have fun. All these people that are nice and precise, they're just, they're killing me. So I get so focused in that lane that I can't see all the other attributes in other people. Now that doesn't mean I'm going to be nice and precise all the time, but it does mean that as I am able to open my view a little bit about people, I have the ability to start valuing what I didn't normally see because that doesn't come natural to me to slow down, be precise, create a plan, be organized, stay focused, all of those things. I like to think about things. I like to create a big vision and a big picture. I like to see other people implement it. And when they don't do it fast enough, I like to scream and yell at them for not, you know, for going too slow. What's your problem? What, listen, I gave you the vision. Yeah, but you gave me no, no process to it. Oh, you need a process too? Oh my God, what's your problem? Why have I hired you? I'll just do it myself. It's all the stuff that we do in those moments that act out our personality. So if you value determination and resiliency and creativity and all of these things, patience, then you need to put that in front of you and say, and, and I used to do this, all my students, we would create what's called an I am board. And they would have to write out all the things they saw themselves as. I am reliable. I'm responsible. I'm loyal. I'm committed. I'm dependable. I am a person that's patient. I am determined. I'm driven. And so you write down all your I ams and then you practice them and you repeat them and you read them and you look at them. And if you think about Benjamin Franklin, he had 13 virtues. 13 is just happens to be the right number for 52. 
So he would work on one a month or one a week, sorry, for 13 weeks, then he'd start over. Then 13 weeks, then he'd start over. Then 13 weeks, then he'd start over. Then 13 weeks, and he'd do 52. So he would pick the what he believed is the 13 virtues that he wanted to do better at as a human being. And then he would work on them and put them into practice. He'd put them in front of himself. That whole week, he would just work on one virtue. So part of becoming confident about something is knowing that you have the ability to do it. But the first step is seeing that image, creating that I am statement. I am dependable. Now go about being dependable this week. I am a procrastinator. Nope, I'm not a procrastinator. I do it now. If it comes to my mind, if I see something I need to pick up, I pick it up right then. If, it, if I see somebody over there that I need to go tell thank you, I don't wait. I go do it right then. If I have an inclination to go call my mom because I haven't talked to her this, this week, call, pick up the phone. Call your mom. I am very you know, similar to a vision board. Some absolutely. people use a vision board. Yeah. And the, the reason the vision board works is because it gives you an image to shoot for. And by the way, that's where on the right side of your brain, that's where what I said, self-image is the same as an image. So when you have a vision in front of you, you have the image that you're shooting for. The self-image is the same thing. You're just creating a self-image of what you're shooting for. And instead of a picture, it could be, you know, what is dependable or committed. Now you have to be able to see that. Can't just be, I'm dependable. And that means I do it every so often. It has to, you have to see it a certain way. Oh man, Pete, man, I got four pages of notes. It, it, yeah. There's so much you could talk about. But is there anything you want to say to sum it up? Amazing I'm, stuff. I'm going to do, I'm going to do something fun for y'all to sum it up. Okay. Here's a fun story of all four personalities and how they react, okay? So I'm gonna do a fun story to pull it all together, just the personality stuff. So remember the Ds wanna get the job done, right? The Is wanna have some fun, the Ss want you to be nice and the Cs want you to be precise. And so when you think about that, there's a certain way that they respond to environments. Okay, here's the end story. So you're the boss and you come up to a D, I, S, or C, done, fun, nice and precise and say, I need to see you after lunch. Okay. So how do these personalities respond or react if you say, I need to see you after lunch? Okay. So the D's like, you can just see me right now. You're looking at me. You want to say something? Say it. I'm not going to go to lunch and sit there and think about this. You got something to say. He goes, it's, it's okay. I just need to see you after lunch. And then he comes up to the I, fun, excited, energy, recognition is their thing. So it comes up to the eye. Hey, I need to see you after lunch. Why don't we just go to lunch? We can go to lunch, have some food. We'll interact. Is it good? Is it good? It's good, isn't it? Come on, come to lunch with us. We're going to have a great time. Because no, it's fine. We're gonna, we'll see you after lunch. Comes up to the S. Remember, they like things to be nice. They don't like things to be out of control. They like harmony. They don't like conflict. And so he says to the S, I need to see you after lunch. And the S goes like, okay. And all of a sudden they're starting to imagine in their mind, they're about to get fired or something went wrong. And they're like, I know I did my job. I, I don't know what's going on here. Why does he need to see me after lunch? So that poor personality, they need to go to the nurse or to the bathroom because they're about to throw up. So they're over there imagining the worst possible thing that's going to happen because they probably let this person down. All right. So now they, they go to the C. Now remember the C is real precise, cautious, plan your work, work your plan, make sure things get done a certain way. It's got to be accurate and right. Okay. So the boss comes up to the C, precise, and says, I need to see you after lunch. They don't do anything. They just think it in th themselves. Interesting. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then they <laughs> say to themselves, you think you've got me. I know I've got you. I've got all the emails, all the information. No way you're catching me doing something wrong. So 
Now the S and C go back to their offices. The S's go back to their office because they're about to throw up. The C's go back to their office to collect all their files. All right. The D is just mad the whole time because he's sitting there going, you should have just said it. And the I's out going to lunch because man, it's awesome. Now the I drops by, the fun person drops by the nice person's office. Hey, what? Well, oh my God, you look terrible. Are you okay? And they're like, the S is like this. Fine. I don't want to go to eat. I'm got a big meeting after this. And then the C's over there in their office are collecting their stuff. They don't even bother to go over to there because they know they're not going out to lunch with them. Okay. It's after lunch. The D walks into the office. You said you needed to see me. That's right. I did. Just want to let you know your employee of the month. It's about time. <laughs> all the hard work I do, all the things I do for this company. It's about time I get some appreciation for all the hard work I do. All right. Now the I walks in. Woo, man, we had a great lunch. It was incredible. One of the best ever. It was fantastic. Have you ever tried this? So you wanted to see me? Yeah, yeah, I just want to let you know. Is it good? It's good, isn't it? Is it good? Is it good? They're like, yeah, I just want to let you know you're employee of the month. Yes. Woo. Hey, can we put it on like the newsletter or maybe up on the marquee? Can we do like a party? And then they walk out the office. Employee of the month, people. Woo. And so they're all running around to everybody their employee of the month. Now the S walks in and they're like, are you okay? I just want to let you know. Oh, they brace themselves. Your employee of the month. Oh, oh thank God. Whew. Oh, God. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not going to put it on the marquee because this is really more of a team effort. I think there was a lot of people that deserve to, to be a part of this. And there's a lot of people that, that helped me. And just, it's okay. Your employee of the month. Okay. But there's not going to be a big party or anything like that with cake and all that stuff. And I don't really need a, a spot and the thing that says employee of the month. I'm good. Thank you so much. All right. And then finally, the C walks in and the C's got like their folder with all their stuff in it. And they've got it behind their back because they're about to let them have it for telling them that they need to see me after lunch. And so the guy says, all right, I just want to let you know your employee of the month. <sighs> Interesting. Hmm. <laughs> I got a couple of questions for you. Number one, how do you choose the employee of the month? Number two, is this a popularity contest? Number three, I actually think two months ago was my best month empirically. And so I'm not sure why I'm getting, being chosen employee of the month this month. And it, by the way, if this is an objective and it's more subjective, then I don't want it at all. So just want to thank you so much, though. <laughs> all right. So those are the four personalities. Done, fun, nice and precise, understanding all of those things, including what we talked about, the focus, attitude, self-worth, and then taking the time to, to put this into practice now. So I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> hey, it's been amazing. For everybody listening, once again, Pete and Ahosa. With Insperity, make sure you listen to the series with Insperity. If you have questions, you can always reach out to me in the podcast, but also you can call Insperity directly at 844-942-3259. Once again, that's 844-942-3259. Can't say enough about it. And if you're listening to this, this is just one piece to it. That's amazing. The first one, I wasn't sure we could top it, but I'm certain that we did. It was amazing. <laughs> Seriously, wow. man. I just sitting here writing all my notes. I'm going to go, going to change a couple of my shitty habits, some of my poor habits, and improve my self-image for sure, and hopefully help my team do the same thing. Thank you all for letting me share my passion. I love what I do, and thank you for allowing me to spend a little time with y'all and share these thoughts and ideas that have helped me over my lifetime, and I hope help a lot of people. Thank <laughs> you. Mr. and Mrs. American All the Ships at Sea, the Zed Sheen for Conlin Confidential. I just spent an hour and a half with Pete Inhelsa from Insperity, and I would say it was thought-provoking and informative, Pete Inhelsa from Insperity. Thank you so much. I think you cleared up a few things 
with me and Joey. And uh, <laughs> thank you very much for that. And have a good day and God bless you. If you want to find out more about Insperity, how it can help your business, give them a call at 844-942-3259. That's 844-942-3259. What up, everybody? It's Joe Sheehan, formerly Joey Buns from Colony Confidential Podcast. Do you know why I don't go by Joey Buns anymore? If you answered no, then you're missing out on everything we got going on on social media. Go check us out and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, as well as other social media platforms. Tune in for updates and videos of what goes on behind the scenes of the podcast. And I want to thank you again for listening. Now let's go.